Welcome. You're about to hear an inspirational message by David Entry. May your faith increase and your heart be stirred towards God as you listen to this life-transforming message. Press subscribe so you're the first to know when the messages are released. Blessed are your ears for the things they hear. In John chapter 14 verse 23, it says that if you obey my commandments or if you love me, Jesus said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my words. Can I digress a bit? You say you love God. It's not your singing that shows you love God. This, wow. Jesus has told you. Wow. The acid test of love for God is also here. It's here. If anyone, if anyone loves me, he will keep what? My word. Keeping God's word is a sign you love him. Stop crying. <laughs> God, you know I love you. It's okay. When you wipe your tears, go and keep his word. Validate your tears by your keeping of his word. Some people, it's only worship they love. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But they don't love God. Most people who call themselves, they love God. It's music lovers. It's just praise and worship they like, but not God. Well, so it says that if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him. Wow. I thought God loves all of us. Yes, he does, but not in the same way. When you love Christ, God loves you in a different way. For God so loved the world, yes. But that love is different from my father will love him. My father will love him. And we will come to him and make what? Our home where? Oh. So there are people on earth who God has come, God and Christ have come to make their home with him. With. So, there are some of you here, God has come to make his home with you. Then someone said, there's no God. Tell them it's too late. I have him in him. I spoke to him just this morning. I walk and I carry God. Jesus is with me everywhere I go. Why? Because he has made his home with me. How did he, how did you get that? How did he come and make his home with you? Because I love him. And I keep his word. And because of that, the father loves me. So it's, it's very important to appreciate the fact that when they talk, or the Bible talks about we being the body of Christ, it's not just a descriptive term. It's a, it's, uh, or a tag, sorry. It's not just a tag. It points to something greater than human mind can comprehend. He's in heaven. He said, if you love me, we'll come and make our abode in you. So everywhere you are going, you carry God. That's why you shouldn't go to some places now. You shouldn't go to some places. What are you doing with God here? Back to the church. We are the body of Christ. And he says that we will come and make, he will come and make his home in us. But we understand from scripture that Jesus is seated on the right hand of the Father. Actually, from what we just read, Ephesians chapter, last week I spoke to you about it. And he raised, he, the spirit that raised him far above principalities and seated him far above in heavenly places. Did you see that? Yeah, he seated him far in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Sorry. Which he worked in Christ, verse 19, verse 19. And they will know the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, it talks about Christ ascended after he has offered sacrifice for sin 
went to sit. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat at the right hand. It's in, a, in, your, in your Bible. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Uh, seeing that we are, verse 2 particularly, wherefore looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, despised the shame and joined the cross, and is sat at the right hand. Okay, so Jesus, clearly we can see from text, the scriptures, that he's seated at the right hand of the Father Almighty. That's Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1. We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Can you imagine? He is seated in heaven, but he has been given to the church. That is why he is operating from the church. Jesus' operational center is the church on earth. Without the church, God, well, this is, I'm going to say something very serious. Without the church, God can't operate. Mm. Why can't Christ operate without the church? Because the church is his body. The problem you have is you think the church is just the people who have guarded, some people who guarded. That's where you got it wrong. The church is not some people who have guarded. When we close and we go home, the church is still operating. Oh, also, Pastor, so when we close, I can come back here and then there'll be... No, that's not what I mean. See, that's how you think. That's why you, you, you keep going. The church is a living expression of Christ in a living person. That's why in First um, Timothy chapter, chapter 3, verse 15, it calls it the church of the living God. If I delay, you know how to, you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the, well, the church of the living God. He's a living God. And this living God is living in human beings. So the church is Christ in you, Christ in you, Christ in you, Christ in you. That's the church. It's not denomination. The boundary of the church is not defined by a human organization. There are actually people in prison who are part of the church. What God has called you to solve is a reflect, it's influenced by where he puts you. If God wanted you to deliver the Israelites from Egypt, you wouldn't have been born around this time. You'd have been around Moses' time. So somebody is in prison, and Pastor, you are saying he's a Christian. On, on, on what basis? Somebody is in, uh, been going to church every day, serving as an usher, and you are saying he's not a Christian. On what basis? That's why it's difficult for any human being to tell who is a Christian. Because some of you, you look dressed like a Christian. But Jesus, Jesus said, some will say, I'm passing, I said, I'll never know you. Some of the ways, there are some things that will make you know that somebody is not a Christian. Pastor, it's my boyfriend, it's my girlfriend. We want to, we want to marry one day. Is he a Christian? Uh, maybe, yes. Even that um, tells you that it's not one. Says a lot. Because when you are a Christian, he said, Jesus said, if you love me, you obey my word. So our obeying God's word is not because of what government says. Our obeying God's word is because of there's another government in our hearts. Being a Christian is not a, a matter of I attend church. Being a Christian is a matter of Christ is in me and he's living his life through me. I obey his word. I am a slave of Christ. I live for Christ. That is what makes you a Christian. Some of you, you know you are not one. You know, I put it to you. You know you are not one. I was born into a Christian family. Excuse me, it doesn't make you a Christian. Your father, my father is a bishop. Still, you go to hell if you don't change and give your life to Jesus Christ. You can't outsource the means to being a Christian. It's a personal decision. 
It's one on one. Can somebody eat on your behalf? Can somebody learn on your behalf? Can somebody take medication on your behalf? That's how bizarre it is to think that you're a Christian because your mother is a Christian. It's a personal decision you have to come to. The realization of revelation of who Jesus is. And you know you need Jesus. And you just, see, when Jesus calls you, you just know, I want to be. That's yeah. right. That's right. You know, you know. See, it's not fake. It's something genuine in your heart. However, you cannot be a Muslim and be a Christian at the same time. Pastor, why? Because Christianity is believing in the good news. Say that again. Uh, is it not behaving a certain way? No, 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 no. It doesn't start from there. It doesn't start from your behavior. It starts from your believing. Okay. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes. It starts from your believing. So if it starts from your believing, then there are things you have to know. Or what you believe matters. What you believe is what determines whether you're a Christian or not. Oh, I think you should write this and tweet it. What you believe, this is the acid. What you believe is what determines whether you are a Christian or not. Okay. If you can't believe, you, you can't be righteous in the sight of wow. God. Come on, come on. You didn't hear what I said. If you don't believe, if you can't believe, you can't, you can't become righteous in the sight of God. And after you believe, you have to confess what you are believing to be saved. Wow. He says that, for scripture says, whosoever believes on him shall not be put to save. For there is no distinction between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord is over all. It's rich unto all who do what? Call. So whether you are a Jew, you call on his name, he's rich towards you. Whether you are a Gentile, you call on his name, he's rich towards you. Whether you are a male, you call on his name, he's rich towards you. Whether you are a female, you call on his name, he's rich towards you. Whether you are a Catholic, you call on his name, he's rich towards you. Whether you are a, a, a Caris, you call on his name, he's rich towards you. Whether you are employed, whether you are educated, whether you are not educated, whether you are a Muslim, whether you are a Buddhist, it doesn't matter anybody. It doesn't matter where you are. Whether, whether you are a criminal, whether you are in prison, whether you are a good boy, whether you are a bad boy, whether you are a fornicator, whether you do all things right, whether you do everything bad, it doesn't matter. Whoever shall call on his name shall be saved. Shout hallelujah! Oh, I feel like preaching. The same Lord, the same Lord, the same Lord is not a different Lord from your own, from your own. The same Lord, Ephesians chapter 4. He said, one Lord. Verse 3, 4, 5 says, one Lord. It's a 4, 5. One Lord. Say one Lord. One Lord. One faith. Say one faith. One faith. One baptism. One baptism. Your baptism is not different from mine if we are in the same Jesus. Verse 4 talks about one body. This body thing is serious. One body. One spirit. Just as we are called into one hope of our calling. The same end belongs to all Christians. One hope. Not some are going to heaven A, heaven B. One hope. Seven oneness. <laughs> I've digressed. One body, one spirit, one hope. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One father of all. So one Lord. 
So if he can listen to me, he can also listen to you. He's the same Lord. The same Lord. If Mozo works on my phone, and we have the same phone, you have iPhone 30, I have iPhone 30, and this latest Mozo app works, then if he works on your own and might have the same phone, then she also works on my own, work on my own. If you are on the same network, let's say you're on uh, O2, and I'm also O2, if he's working with O2, then it should, your O2, then she work with my O2, because we are in the same area. Yeah. And that's the meaning of the same Lord. And the same Lord, he is rich. God is rich to all. This same Lord is rich to all who call. See, that's the caveat. You call on his name. You are telling people to call on his name for you. Meanwhile, he's equally rich to everyone. He said there's no difference whether pastor, prophet, apostle, church member, fornicator. The same Lord is it's overall rich to all. So his richness is towards you. Who call on his name? Then he goes on to say, for whoever shall call. Whoever. What's the meaning of whoever? Anybody. Anybody. For whoever. For God so loved the world that he gave his to them. Whosoever is the same thing. God is a whosoever God. He's an all-inclusive God. He doesn't say because of what you have done in the past or your background or what you don't know, I'm not I'm catching you. No, he said, whoever God, the condition is if you can believe. Yeah. And your believing is at the mercy of your preacher. Wow. If you call without believing, it's noise. Wow. 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 You know, sometimes you, you, sometimes you, I don't know how many of you have done that before, but maybe you came up on the train or you are going home and you saw some guys, somebody, or your auntie's friend, and he likes talking. And you didn't want to again, so you behave like you are on a call. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, when I come, oh, wait, wait, you know what? Let me get home quickly. And when I get home, I will. You see, that is not a call, though. It's not a phone call. You are not on a phone call. If you try and call Lord Jesus and you don't believe, it's like a fake phone call. Others think you are on a call. But boy, you are not. There's nobody on the other end. Wow. <laughs> how can they call without, uh, 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 if they have not believed? And how shall they, how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How can you hear? Is she the place of a preacher? God uses preachers to build the church. Why? Because preachers have to preach his word. And somebody will believe their preaching and then begin to live the church life. Now, Jesus Christ is in you. So I was just trying to explain that it's not about what church. But let me still throw more light on this. That there are some churches or there are some organizations. You cannot be a Christian and be there. That's why you can't be a Christian without speaking to people. Okay. You have to tell them about Christ. That's why I'm taking my time to teach for people to get, really get what this whole thing is about. Talk to somebody about Jesus. Because you are the key to their destiny in Christ. I mean, I, I feel shy. 
You keep feeling shy. God will be shy about helping you. So, the, the scripture is very clear about the fact that to be a Christian, you have to believe in Jesus. Now, how, what do you have to believe about Jesus? I've taught this over and over. You have to believe that he's the son of God. He's the Messiah. He's the son of God. He died to save us from our sins. In fact, let's let the Bible speak. I think when the Bible speaks, better. John chapter 20, verse 30. Let's all read it from the screen. Let's go. Okay, so there are so many things Jesus did that were not recorded here. Why? Because it's not a history, it's not a history book. This is not a history book. So when some people have also written something about Jesus and say, why didn't the Bible write it? The Bible won't write everything. It's not a history book. In fact, there are so many things Jesus did which are not recorded. So, but why are these ones recorded? It's there, verse 31. Read it. Let's go. Ah, why are they written? Why are they written? The record of Jesus we have in the Bible is to, so that you can believe. I don't need anyone to tell me, I died. I was in coma. And the three days, I came back. I saw Jesus. He said, I should tell everybody, repent. I don't need your te- I don't need that. I don't need that. This is enough. This, this is enough. Hey, listen. Any other extra biblical information that is needed to make people born again, that salvation is not authentic. Cornelius, he was fasting and praying, and an angel appeared. Cornelius, he he was afraid. He said, no, no, don't be afraid. Cornelius, he called him, Cornelius. He said, yes, my Lord, yes, my Lord. You can imagine his knees were shaking. Yes, my Lord. And he was afraid. If you see an angel, you fear. So Cornelius, a commander, military officer, he was shaking. He was afraid. And the angel, that's why most of the time when the angel appeared to people like Mary, he said, fear not. Yeah. And the angel said, your prayers have come before God for a memorial. They said, turn to Joppa and call for somebody called Peter. He's staying in one house there. And then when he comes, he will tell you what you must do. Ah, is it just information? But tell me now. Think about it. Why don't you tell me you've come? Why don't you tell me? Why should I first send for somebody, go through all this? Tell me. What you must do? And when Peter was repeating the story, it talks about her. The angel told Cornelius that send to Joppa for a man called Thirteen Rider. And he told us he, was, he had seen an angel standing in his house who said to him, send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter. And the next verse, who will tell you what? Let's all read that together. Let's go. Salvation is a function of words. Okay, you tell me those words. He said, no, I can't tell you. Because I'm not part of the church. I'm not part of the church. Christ is not in me. So I can't tell you the message that can make you get saved. So how do we get saved? You have to hear a message. And it's not every message online. The message must, he said, how shall they preach except they be sent? It's there, but you will not be reading it. Romans chapter 10. 
He said, how shall they preach except they be sent? Then he goes on to say, for it's written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel. You have to learn how to celebrate preachers. How beautiful are the feet of preachers? It doesn't mean pastors must wear nice shoes. That's not what it actually means. The feet of preacher means that when you hear this, it's coming, you are happy. You are, you are happy because it's a bearer of good news. But well, it's very interesting that he says that how um, send for, uh, to Joppa for Peter. He will tell you words by which you, you and your household will be saved. Meanwhile, angel came straight from heaven. Think about it. He came straight from heaven. He was standing right in front of the man from heaven. And he said, your prayers have come to heaven. So he came from there for a memorial. They could see the prayer of uh, what's it called? Cornelius and the giving. See, your giving and your prayer, it stays before God. You say, oh, me, I don't do, I don't do giving. Keep it. <laughs> it's not, it stays before God. And so angel said, it's there, loaded in heaven. God has sent me to come and tell you to send for somebody. Before me, I can't tell you. I can't tell you the gospel. You have to send for Peter. And it was more than a day's journey. To go and bring somebody to just come and tell you about how Jesus died. Why? Because the one coming to talk to you has, Jesus is sitting in heaven but he's hiding inside him. Operating, Jesus is operating on, on earth through the church. Why? Because the church is, is his body. If you love the church, Jesus will love you. Actually, you can't love the church if you don't love Christ. You know, there are a lot of people who are always talking about the church and negative things attacking the church is because they don't love Christ. Those of you who can't stand other Christians is a major sign that you are not a Christian. Wow. How many of you, when you became born again, genuinely born again, you noticed that you began to like, you saw something, so you also born, you just got attracted. You feel, you feel that there's something, it's not cosmetic. It's, it's deep. It's, just, it's like I feel, oh, you're a Christian too, hallelujah. Here we go, here we go. There's something about a Christian meeting a Christian. Because we all, have, we all share the same father. Not the same ideology the same father. And so Christ in you, Christ in him, Christ in her, Christ in us, Christ in me, that is the definition of the church. And that makes the church the body of Christ, the body, his body on earth. Where there's no church, there's no body of Christ there. So if God, let's say North Korea, there is no church there, that means Christ is not operating there. Oh, but God is everywhere, yes, but he doesn't operate everywhere. So if God wants to operate in South Korea, what will he do? He will send you. Maybe he will send you, if they don't like missionaries, he will send you as a teacher. He will send you as a businessman. He will send you as a UN official. Your presence there means God has arrived there. Wow. Wow. That means the church is there. You are the church. Amen. And then guess what? There are people God is raising. God won't send you there if he doesn't have people there. Like I was explaining to you how Paul and um, Silas, they were beaten in, the, in Philippi, in Acts chapter 16. They're beaten. They're beaten and thrown in prison. He should have said, I'm a Roman. They would have stopped beating him. But they beat him and threw him in prison. And at midnight, they prayed and praised. Verse 25, Acts chapter 16. And the whole foundation of prison was shaking. 
and the jailer came, and the chains fell off. And when the jailer came, he thought all the prisoners have, have escaped. As I told you, if you have a jailer in charge of prison warden, and the prisoners escape, you, they'll kill you. So when he saw that the prisoners have escaped, he said, oh, no, I'm dead. Before they come and catch me and torture me and kill me, let me kill myself. He pulled the sword. He was about to kill himself. He had the sword. Children, I love you, okay? <laughs> Daddy has to do this. Daddy has to do it. I love you. Then Paul said, hey, don't do any harm to yourself. We are here. He dropped it. He burnt and brought light. Hey, you are there. You, you guys are here. You should have let me kill myself and so you can escape. Did you escape? He said, no, don't do harm to yourself. We are all here. None of us have escaped. Wow. Wow. He kneels down. He said, what must I do to be saved? I need the salvation you have. I want to be saved. Says, he called them says, not oi, not guys. Says, you can imagine them shaking in his voice. What must I do? Is it sometimes God has to humble you in order to save you? I'm so happy that guy broke your heart. Yeah, he broke your heart. You wouldn't have come to church. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So however you get to Christ, it's not a problem. The fact is, anyone who is beaten by the snake, if he can look at the cross, doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter what. Doesn't matter what type of snake beats you. You are beaten. All you need, you want to live. If you want to live, then look at Christ. And you shall live. So people are in church because they are in need. The jailer, he knelt down. What must I do? What, what must I do to be saved? Hey, guys. They say, oh, no, no. There's, there's no Please get up, get up, get up. Get up, get up, get up. You know when Peter got to Cornelius' house? Cornelius. In Acts chapter 10. He knelt down. He fell down. He said, you want to worship him? Peter said, hey! I'm a normal human being. Oh, godly people are not looking for attention from the crowd. Some of you, your aim is to be, to be standing here to be watched as you display preaching. It's not as you impact people. You will never get here. And if you manage to get here, then you did it by your own time. God didn't send you. And Satan will take you out. Peter's later, he's saying, stand up, stand up, stand up. I myself, I'm also a man. Ah, and a whole angel came to make reference to you. He said, when Peter appeared, I think that maybe this one is higher than the angel. He said, listen, I'm also a man. So what makes a man so unique that angels begin to make reference to them? is when Christ comes into you. When Christ comes into you, your, your, your level is above angels. Why? Because you are a son of God. Wow. I mean, can you imagine? Angels can't contain God. They say, God send them. You are a carrier, a carrier of God. And you are walking around. You are sitting on the train, and a carrier of God is sitting on the train. You are, you are on the bus, and a carrier of God is in the bus. Your family don't know because you don't wash your room, clean your dishes. Your family, <laughs> your family does not know, but the truth is you are still a carrier of God. 
They know you too much. They know when you sleep, you snore like a hippopotamus. <laughs> See, they know your humanness so much, they are, they are missing the point. They are missing the point that you are a unique person. You are a new creation in Christ. Your family does not know that God got you born again just for their sake. So that at least there will be God within the proximity of the church, wow. the, your house. There's, there's, uh, there's, you have brought God into your family. Because your family is very religious, but God is not there. You have brought God on board. Your university, you have brought God in the classroom. Why? No, no. This is what human beings can't understand. That, and they would laugh at you. <laughs> you. You say God is in you. <laughs> you people are so stupid. <laughs> this is so foolish. <laughs> and you look at them and say, God, forgive them. But they know. <laughs> <laughs> They said, you being a man, make it yourself equal with... Is it okay? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> make it yourself equal with God. That's why they wanted to stone Jesus. Because he said, I and the Father are one. Said, you! How excuse me? Is this not the carpenter's son? We know your mother, we know your father, we know your mother, we know your sisters, and everybody. And you are saying that you are the son of God. Excuse me. They knew him too much. So they missed who he really was. Because the they didn't have the eye of the spirit to see beyond the flesh. That is why in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, it says, Henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Wherefore, henceforth, know we, know, we know no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now, henceforth, we know him no more like that. We don't restrict him like a normal human being in Galilee. Then he, he throws the big scripture in. For if any man be in Christ. Ah. So some of you, when your ex gets born again, know him no more after the flesh. No hair, no more. Please, be careful how you treat people when they are born again. Because you are, you are inviting God's anger if you don't treat them well. Because now they are not on their own. They are God's house. They are God's temple. They are God's, con they contain God. Some people are letting their husbands, their sisters, their brothers, their family toy with someone who contains God. Mm. It's very risky. You could have been handling me anyhow when I didn't contain God. But now that I contain God. Wow. What makes us the church? Christ in you. Yeah. Hmm? It's very interesting. Maybe one of these is I have to teach the Christ in you, but we are also in Christ. This is a mystery. Who is in who? Wow. If any man be in Christ. We just read 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If any man is in Christ. King James, please. If any man be in Christ. Colossians 1, 27, the last bit. Christ in you. So who is in who? We are in Christ, and Christ is in us. We are in Christ because he is, he is our banner. We are in Christ because we are lost in him. He is in us because we are houses for him. 
And so when someone is dealing with you, you should be careful he's dealing with the temple of God. You are the temple of God. The way you are smoking weed. You are the temple of God. It says, if anyone destroys the temple of God, God will destroy you. Don't use the eyes of God's temple to watch everything. You are the temple of God. We are the church. That's what it means to... It's coming to church, being in the church is not having to sit on seats and show your power. Amen, amen. Peace. That's not what it means to be a Christian. The core of what it means to be a Christian is Christ is so much in you. It's a Christ, let me use it in a loose way, a Christ-infested person. And you are contagious. Anyone who hangs around you, you hear about Christ. And if Christ wants to save somebody, he will have to find a way and let the person come into contact with you. Angels cannot preach. Unbelievers cannot preach. It takes only people who have Christ in them. To just tell somebody about Jesus. No, what should I say? Just tell them about the Jesus you know. The Jesus who died on the cross. Oh, I don't believe in that. No, I'm not asking you to... I'm not asking you to validate that through your belief. I'm asking you to accept that, receive it, and believe it, and you'll be changed. But I don't understand. I don't understand. You don't have to understand before. He said, For God so love the way that He goes to only be understand. That whosoever understands, no. Do you believe this? He says says that these things have been written that you believe that Jesus is the Christ. That's what you're supposed to believe. Read it out loud. What are you supposed to believe? I can't hear you. I can't hear you. You know why they killed Jesus? Because he said he's the son of God. Wow. Read the Bible. That's why they killed him. He said, I'm the son of God. You said, you can't say that. Islam said, that's not it. How can you say that? Yes. The devil said, how can you say that? Let's kill him. Crucify him. Crucify him. What charge? I hear you are the son of God. It's John chapter 19. Pontius Pilate went to the people, verse 6. He went to them. He said, I find no fault in him. John 19, verse 6. They only saw him. Crucify him. Take him. He said, uh, Pontius Pilate said, take him and crucify him. For I find no fault in him. Look at verse 7. The Jesus said, we have a law. According to our law, he ought to die because he made himself the son of God. Did you see why they said kill him? Because he said, he's the son of God. Kill that guy. Kill that guy. He's not the son of God. Kill him. No. Pilate was more afraid. Say, hey, these people, what? Look at your Bible. Pilate. Hey, Pilate. When Pilate heard that, he was even more afraid. Who am I dealing with? And he went to him again. Would you talk to me? Who are you? (laughs) Where are you from? Who am I dealing with? He said, kill him because he's the son of God. He said, he's the son of God. That's the only reason why they killed him. Because he's the son of God. And he told them that if I say I don't know him, I'll be a liar like you. Because I know him and I came from him. That's who I am. I can't deny my de- identity. Wow. Because it offends you, I should change my identity. Yeah. Jesus said, I'm the son of God. Yeah. He said, we will kill you. We will kill you. He told them, John 10, 30, I and the father are one. John 5, 17, he said, my father works. He that's who I work. Mm. He said, the son does nothing on earth except that which he sees the father do. 
They said, Bible said they wanted to kill him even the more. This, put it on the screen, verse 19. John chapter 5, verse 17, 18. Then Jesus said, 17. And he answered, my father works. He that too I'm working. Verse, uh, quickly, let's go on. Therefore the Jews sought more to kill him because he's, he's not only broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. They sought the more to kill this guy. They killed him because of the God problem they have with him. Wow. He was too ordinary to claim divinity. Mm. That's the problem with most of you here. Your old friends see you, they don't know you're a changed person. Mm. Not just you. Okay, I think, let me rephrase it. It's not just you are changed, though. Mm. You contain God. You carry wow. God. There's a difference. It's people have changed, but you are carrying God. Mm. You are a carrier of God. We carry God. If you are born again, tell somebody, I carry God. It's about time you send a message to that boy who has been harassing you. Girl, I miss you. Can you come back? Message him. I carry God. And end it. End of story. End of story. End of story. If you are a young girl or old girl or whatever, pretty and many guys keep coming, bad boys, keep coming to you and troubling you. Say, I don't know what to do, but you are not hot enough. I'm telling you, if you are hot, many guys will not come to talk nonsense to you. They'll say, hey, that one is an angel coming here. Leave her alone. Let's go to somebody else. Wow. If you are a lady and many boys keep coming to you, and I'm talking about rubbish boys, rubbish in the sense that they, are, they don't care about anything, they don't fear God, they, they, they want to mess up. Get hot for Jesus. Yeah. He comes to you, say, girl, you're so fine. Tell them, yes, because I carry God. Let them know you are on fire for Jesus. Tell them I think you've come to the wrong address, but I'm happy you came. I am, I am a preacher and I cast out devils. Yes. And tell them, I cast out spirit of fornication and pornography. Are you interested? Yes. <laughs> Preach the gospel. Yes. Be instant in season and out of season. You carry God. The devil in Acts chapter 19. He said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. That means when you are born again, they, re they recognize you in the spirit. They know those who are born again. Demons know us. They know us. They saw Jesus. They said, Say, you are coming to church. You are coming to threaten us or trouble us before our time. Leave us alone. They knew him. Bible said, and he suffered them not to speak because the, the devils knew him. The devils in the spirit, they know who is carrying God. They know. You have to, you have to be bold. Those who preach without boldness, they, they haven't caught fire. You have to preach boldly. Be bold in the Lord. The Bible said the righteous is as bold as a lion. Talk with confidence. Talk with boldness. Because you know who you are talking about. You carry God. You can't go down like that. That's why I talk about I cannot be sick. Sickness is not a problem for me. Say, I carry God. Say, I carry God. And I'm the church. I'm the body of Christ. Tell them, I'm not coming to call you to church. The church has come to you. I'm the church. I'm the church. Tell them, God sent you to them. To deliver them from addictions. To set them free from bondage. Let them know. Whatever they are struggling with, they can be set free from it. 
Let them know. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to know our theology. No. But you have to be on fire for Jesus. When you are all out for God, for Jesus, you are too much for the devil. Satan is always afraid of people who are on fire for Jesus. Have you ever seen flies? Have you ever seen insects playing around hot fire? They go back. You go, you bent. Hot stove lid. Cats don't play around it. Some of you are not serious enough. You are not serious enough. That's why no one is taking you serious. You're not serious enough. You have to be firm and stern. And if you're, if you're a lady, and now you're born again, somebody every time he sees you, and he's hitting your back. Hey! You have to look at him. It's an uncle. He says, excuse me, the next time you do that, I won't take it lightly. Stop it! And then sometimes you can take it further and say, I rebuke that spirit of life. Uh, last for me. You know, when, because he's in the wrong, he'll be careful. Yes. Be hot for Jesus. Yes, Let them know you're on fire for Jesus. Yes. Bible said, it's like fire in, shut up in my bones. Fire in my bones. Fire in my bones. In the book of Jeremiah also. So I said, I will not speak. But it's like, I could. He said, Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9. Then I said, I will not make mention of Jesus, <laughs> nor speak anymore in his name. But his word was in my heart, like, like burning fire, shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. I want to hold it back. I, think I can't hold it. Burst out. Let the fire burn. Be on fire, Christian brother. Be on fire, Christian sister. And some of you, change your... your your activities on Instagram, WhatsApp, and start putting fire things there. Take down some of those rubbish pictures. God bless you for listening to this message. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and visit www.caris.org for videos and upcoming events. Remember, be a doer of the word and not just a hearer.